With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host. I am Ken Francis, a.k.a. Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Fantasy Receipts, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 128. Let's roll. And I can remember, I can remember... You know, two and a half years ago, episode one was not so uh, not so not so brilliant. But I remember why I even started doing this in the first place, getting on this mic. And you know, a lot of it was because there were so many shitty dynasty podcasts that I would listen to and just think, dude, I know for a fact I am better than that. So I knew I had at least some space in this in this uh, in this uh, dynasty uh, podcasting space fantasy football space because there's a lot of nerds and a lot of dweebs and a lot of boring <laughs> son of a bitches. And then I would get on there and I finally found someone who actually made the challenge of the ceiling. Could I be that good? Could I be as good as Matt Kelly, the podfather? And lo and behold, he's b- decided to bestow this show for the second time. I am joined by Mr. Matt Kelly, the founder of Player Profiler. You can find Matt on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion, the podfather in the studio. Matt, what is going on, buddy? Oh, it's a high bar, Jax. High bar. It's a high bar. Oh, baby. Yeah, you're you're going for it, Ken Francis, Jax Falcone. <laughs> right, exactly. Ken oh, just a bunch of nonsense. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, so man, stupid. you're doing great. Someone's got to someone's got to back Lamar. And if it's gonna be me, I'm ready to do it. Do it. Yep. Yep. Everybody was wondering after the fantasy receipts, you know, everybody found out it was me. Wink, wink. And uh, and then when, you know, Lamar found out Ken Francis, this whole thing, they kind of wondered, you know, is this also Scott? You know, and yes. Yep. I am also Ken Francis uh, just out there in the streets defending Lamar Jackson. And speaking of which, now we find out that Lamar requested a trade. I mean, this is kind of a crazy story, and I'm trying to unpack it all and try and sort of put into, you know, into my brain the chronology of it all and how this kind of got where it is. And and then from all that, then try and figure out in my brain where it's going to go. Have you kind of done the same thought experiment? Yes, absolutely. Where are we at? (sighs) Bro. Bro. I just want to say, just for the record. Yeah. This 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 is a great show. Thanks. Buddy. You're good at this. Thank you. Just oh, we we you know and uh, 
we have some we have we have some 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 breaking news. You want to you want to talk about it? <laughs> L- Lamar Jackson? No, no, no. Uh, is it is it my boy? You want to go there right off the bat? I guess let's let's tease that for later. Oh my let's god, te- let's tease I, that for later. Yeah, let's, let's do te- it. So you were fantasy receipts? No, but I'd you like to say that. Receipts. No, of course not. No. No one no. knows who Fantasy Receipts was. Yes, but I keep t- telling everybody that I am because it's too much fun. So Do you even when I Fantasy say Receipts no is? and then I say yes, people are like, he's lying about it's not. It is. So I just, no, no, it's not. But yes, of course, it's me, totally. It's you, totally yes. not you. Yes, it's me. It is you, but not you. It's totally me. I did it all. It's not you. Yeah. It is you. It's me. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I mean, it. I love Lamar. I love Lamar in the perfect world. If contracts didn't matter and coach egos didn't matter, he'd go to San Francisco and, and they'd send Lance to Baltimore and that would be the end of it. That would be the perfect solution to the problem. But we can't do that because San Francisco doesn't have the cash unless they were to include a bunch of their skill position players in the deal. And they're not going to do that. I think Lance would be the obvious player to send the other way. And, and then you have to start thinking about what about uh, what about what about Tennessee? Mm-hmm. You, have, you have to find a win now team, a team with some aging players, aging stars that is in a weaker division that knows that they they need to win. The coach has been there a few years, is now feeling the pressure. Tennessee checks a lot of those boxes, especially because they know they have a quarterback that can't win. Right, like they can't win with Tannehill. They're they're you know they're they're behind him. Like he's. He's expected to be the starter, right? That's the news. Uh, just already like dismissing Malik Willis, you know, right in in March. Tannehill's not good enough. The team's not good enough with Tannehill to win a Super Bowl. They know that. Lamar could be a game changer. Lamar could actually make a big difference for the Tennessee Titans. Who's in that division? The Colts, right? The Texans, it's just going to be them and the Jaguars again. And Lamar on Tennessee, you got to think that Tennessee would be the favorite to win that division. And then, then they got a shot. So I think that's that's the move. I think that's that's where he should try to go. I haven't heard of anything about them either uh, being out on Lamar or Lamar wanting to go there. I like what Lamar is doing. I like this power play. Yes. I'm one of the only people that seems to be in favor of him and his mom negotiating and not giving up the extra 10% to managers and agents and all those things. Keep all the money, right? We'll see what happens. I mean, totally. maybe maybe if somehow you know, he signs a really bad contract, then okay. Then you can criticize him. Okay, Wait, fine. But well, until that to- happens, let's let them do their thing. I kind of like how he's handling himself in the situation. He's not coming out and trashing the organization, criticizing teammates, coaches, anything like that. No, he's not. To me, this is being done in a classy way. It's clear that the Ravens are frustrated because this is a bit of a, an abnormal negotiation process. And that shouldn't be a surprise. Lamar Jackson's not a, a normal quarterback. Right. Right. So it makes perfect sense that this would be a unique situation. It's 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 pretty galling that they would say, hey, bye bye. Right. I can't as a fan. I'd be like, that's 
that's a bridge too far. Like I understand having confidence in your ability to draft talent and certainly Baltimore Ravens, one of the better drafters out there, but the idea that you can be a winning team drafting between pick 17 and 32 every year, and you're going to be able to find a quarterback in that mess, right? Find the next Jalen hurts. You know, once every five, 10 years, you can do that. And that's one team that can find that one guy. Yeah. So you have Lamar Jackson. You did the thing. You got the guy at pick 32. <laughs> right. So congratulations. Congratulations. <clears throat> they clearly, well, I want, I want to say clearly, but again, it's not necessarily clear that they could have extended him earlier. I don't know. They, he had an MVP season. They could have said yes to his contract demand, whatever that was. Yeah. He has claimed that he didn't ask for it all guaranteed. Who knows, right? I mean, we don't exactly know what was the sticking point in the in the yes or no contract. But I, I got to think that part of this, you know, from their perspective, I asked your guy, Anand Indori, about how much of this was because he's representing himself, that some of these other teams aren't you know, they, they, they say we're not in, you know what I mean? You've heard this a few times. Like you can't you know, blame commanders or if a player is good game, knows game, they're going to go after him. A team's not going to go out. Oh, we don't like his agent. That's not a thing. It doesn't seem like it, it but I mean, that's what agents say. This is so unique. You know, this is right? so unique. Agents I just wonder say that. Yeah. Oh, well, well, that's because he doesn't have an agent. Bullshit. Well, well here's why I say that, Matt, check this out. So like, I, you know, one of the reasons you just stayed, I'm with you, by the way, I'm on team Lamar for representing himself, but I wonder when a player has an agent, the agent represents the player, but they also represent the NFL industrial complex, right? They're part of, you You, you can't just, I can't be an agent. The agencies have to be approved by the NFL PA, which is in, you know, in concert with the NFL and the whole thing. There's a, there's a structure there. So if you're an agent, you are part of the system. And if you're part of the system, you represent multiple players. If you represent multiple players, that means you're talking to teams all the time, which means that you're compelling your clients, your team, your players to sign contracts that may or may not be in their best interest. Because what do you care about if you're the agent? Getting paid. That's your fucking job. So you want the the contract to get done. You don't really care if it's the teams love me. Yes. I don't care if teams want to do business with me. Bingo. Big picture. Bingo. Right. And and the big picture is not Lamar Jackson optimizing his next contract. That's not the big picture. That's right. There is. I'm scratching some backs over here. I'm doing some foot rubs over there. Now we're getting, I'm getting everybody on board. Everybody loves me. And part of that is I convince my clients sometimes to do the right thing in quotes. Yeah. Wink, wink. Come on. This is good for you. You're going to be set up for life, bro. I know it's not quite what you wanted, but let's just get this thing done, buddy. Yes, of course. Yes. How does that sound? They, that sounds so you're good. You're going to love it. You, you, 200 million? You Don't worry here. about it. Look, it's you only 80 million guaranteed, but you're going to get there. You're going to get there. care about you. Yes. You don't, we don't know what we'll the next team is going to say. Or gonna how good. They're going to take care of you the way they take care of you. Bingo. Right? They, yes. they, right. That's the yes. agent. That's the agent. That's what they do. They broach that, that bridge. You know, they bridge that gap. And right now, Lamar's like, no. And they're like, fuck you. And they're like, he's like, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, let's just do this. My and so, idea of needing an agent is right. they can introduce you to opportunities right. that you didn't know existed. Right. That's the best use of an agent, right? Like, hey, 
you have all these products and services and I know vendors, partners, matching. I can match up, right? People that have a supply of something with the, the people that have a demand for something. Yep. I can be the intermediary and I can help deals get done. An actor. Great job. Great you want a job? An I know a great job for you. I'll connect you with this director, this producer. Boom, boom, boom. Next thing oh. you know, you're working. All kinds Lamar of things. don't need you that. Need agents for all kinds of things. Like truck yeah. drivers have agents. Right. Right. So, but here's the thing. This is a different structure. This is a mm-hmm. different type of institution. This is not uh, uncovering opportunities. <laughs> no. We know there's 32 teams. Right. They... <laughs> You, you could pick up the phone and call any of the 32 teams and say, hey, I want to talk to general manager X. Right. Right. And Who's calling? You can even this is Lamar Jackson. You have a brain. I mean, Ken Francis, wink, wink. Right. We also have the contract values. So you have you can knock out half of the teams. So now we're down to like 16. Right. That you could even potentially think about picking up the phone for. Right. So you're down to 16. And okay, what is the agent going to say at that point? Oh, well, that team only deals with me. Right? That's but that's Jerry Maguire. That's right. what they remember, that's what he said. Oh, that you know, Houston doesn't deal with uh with anyone but Bob Sugar. What? That's according to Bob Sugar. <laughs> yes. Yes. So so we are in alignment that we are team Lamar. You are team Ken Francis, obviously. We represent Lamar um, and it's it's awesome. But you know when we look at who you know could potentially make a move for Lamar, it's like I, I really like Atlanta. What do you think of Atlanta? I mean, Atlanta's a great system for him. It's great. Like they're investing in the offensive line, maybe too much. I think they may have overpaid this year. There's, there, was, there was less money to spend this year in free agency. You notice that. But they did pay Lindstrom more than they probably needed to. But they've got young weapons, right? Pitts and Drake London. And anytime you're, you're upgrading the offensive line, they would then maybe they get Lamar. They could then use that first round pick. That's the perfect sweet spot for like the top tackle in the draft. Right. It would just be ideal if yeah if they can do it after the draft. Obviously, they don't want to give up a top ten pick, and and yeah if they can do it after the draft, you you exactly you you invest in a blue chip player on the on the offensive or defensive front, you know, and go from there. And um, you know do you yeah think they've Atlanta got weapons. Would give up the eighth pick overall for no Kumar? way, no way. I, I wouldn't don't do think it. they would. No, I wouldn't. I don't think do they it. should. You don't want to pay the eighth pick in order for the the the, the privilege. Of overpaying somebody because you, you you're going to overpay him. Like you're you gonna know have who would, to over, who you're would have do to it if a lot I were them? He's like, no, 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 no. I would. We give know up he the, doesn't want to play for you anymore. Yeah, we'll give I, you a couple seconds or something. Uh, right, right, would, and then we can do a deal. Big, I would give know, up if I'm the Patriots. I would give up this year's 14th and whatever next year's is. This is a team they just announced this morning or whatever that they're out on Lamar. I don't understand it. Lamar even said that he would be interested in playing there. What is the problem? I mean, if I'm the Patriots, I give up this year's pick 14. Okay, great. One pick. And next year's first rounder. If, <clears throat> excuse me, if Lamar ends up being good, that is a small price to pay for the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the privilege of paying him gobs of money and hoping that he can save the last few years of Bill Belichick's illustrious career. 
just go with uh, with Lamar and see what happens. I mean, this is it. This is Bill Belichick's last run. If you crap out with Lamar and everything's shit, well, so what? You know, I mean, but that's not likely. What's likely is that Lamar is dope, as we all know. And I, I can't believe that the Patriots would even think about being out. I would pay the 14th pick and whatever the, they end up next year, first rounder and all the money, get them in the house and move on. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a win now mode situation for the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, Bill Belichick, has been bad yes right so <clears throat> brady leaves wins a super bowl belichick can't make the playoffs right right belichick's trying to get the band back together just without brady and all of his strategies and tactics have been copied to the ones that worked and thrown away the ones that don't and he's still playing the hits yes he is from 20 years ago yep and it's not good enough He needs to do a splashy thing. Like if it were me and the clock was ticking and I'm 70 years old and I'm underperforming and I'm about to finish last in my division because the one team I knew I was going to have a better record than is going to get Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Now I'm looking at last place. What am I going to do? Yeah. Start punting first round picks. Yeah. Fuck it. He has the power with craft to get these first round picks on the table. Yeah, absolutely. With Atlanta, I just wouldn't trade the, the eighth overall. Agreed. Pick. That's a foundational piece. That's a franchise left tackle, franchise edge rusher, or one of the the big four quarterbacks. All those are in play at the eighth pick. Those guys aren't in play really at the 14th pick this year, the way it shakes out. So I can understand that. However, if I'm Atlanta, I would consider maybe if I have Lamar Jackson, we're probably going to be a, a winning team, maybe the favorite to win the NFC South happy to trade my 2024 first. Right. I'd do that because presumably Lamar makes you better and it's a mid round pick. Yeah. It ends up being a mid round pick at, at, you know, a mid, mid first. Yeah. Yeah, Right. For, for whoever's getting the pick. And at worst, it's like a late pick because Lamar's the answer. Right. Right. And Atlanta has an underrated defense, right? Their secondary actually perform better than than expected remember you didn't really want to play atlanta as much as as you typically did well and Um, they could spend all their draft capital uh building that defense because the offense like you said the offensive line is good they've got weapons they don't really need much on offense once you add especially lamar check it fucking jackson yeah they they have pieces yep and one of the reasons why they weren't as a, a a target to play against in fantasy football is because they play slow and they run a lot Perfect. So then again. that makes it more difficult to have shootouts. And then there's less fantasy points scored overall in Atlanta games. But that's the Lamar system. Right. That's it's perfect. what Baltimore does. Yes. Right. Baltimore has been getting away with having their secondary ravaged by injury. That's what happened to Atlanta last year. But they could then now use with the picks they have remaining. They, they give up their second rounder at the very least uh, this year. Uh, and then they can use, like you said, the picks they have remaining on defense. If they could just know they were going to get the best edge rusher available at eight, right? That right there, that would be great for them. Yeah, Drake London, he's got his he's got his guy and and Kyle Pitts. I think it's fucking fantastic. Um, but I don't know that uh, I I just don't know what ends up happening with Lamar. And for those reasons, I am very skeptical. What does this mean for Lamar in Dynasty? No change. I think there's very little. Um, chance that he doesn't play, right? He's I mean, gonna he play. There's out. no change. In, don't move him down in dynasty Nothing, yet. Right? Right. He can't. 
Right. He's right there with Dak for me in Dynasty. He's right there. Dak is more stable. Dak has the commitment of the organization. Sure does. Dak has the incredible weaponry now with Lamb and now Brandon Cooks and Pollard. So I I, I love the stability of Dak. I also think he's gonna he's gonna run a little bit more this year. His legs are are, are healthier even last year than they were the years prior, a couple of years prior. So Dak has tactical scrambling ability. Dak has five plus rushing touchdowns in him. And then Dak is also part of uh, a, a prolific offensive system. They're not going to pass as much. There's no way they're going to pass as much with Mike McCarthy uh, in 2023. But if they dial down the pass volume slightly, I, I think that, you could also have some positive regression in other ways. Like there, you could, you could return to the mean uh, with the touchdowns and, and, and his, his, his completion percentage and whatnot goes up a little bit. And then basically that offsets uh, any of the, the, the lower volume without Kellen Moore, but he's definitely going to benefit from having Brandon cooks on the other side, stretching the field and the ability to actually complete those passes that were so often incomplete to Michael Gallup. Yeah. So I, I, I really, I, I love this a lot. Now you can, you can keep posting up Gallup like at X. It's just that he's not going to, he's not going to do anything. He's basically going to be the Noah Brown role. Yeah. Right. And that's what, that's what he should. You want Gallup. You, I, you isolate Gallup out wide. You let him absorb whatever alpha cornerback is, is, is uh, you know, assigned to the, to the, to the most perimeter player. And then you let lamb and cooks play off each other. Yeah. I love that. I Cooks kills everybody except for CD. I mean, you know, look, we were looking for the Brandon Cooks last year when we were dipping our toes in the Jalen Tolbert waters, but we also found that Noah Brown was pretty good and Gallup was okay. They were all okay, but we were all just searching for the guy who was going to play alongside CD Lamb and hoping it was one of them. At this particular point, now that Brandon Cooks is there, he's that guy, and it's oh. going to be Lamb and Cooks all day long and then everybody else for the rest of the pie. Couldn't draw it up better. Couldn't find a better than a 30 year old Brandon Cooks. Right. Who's been on five different teams. He's been to Super Bowls. He wants to win. He's there for the right reasons. He's not, he doesn't have any delusions about being the number one. It's perfect. Totally with you. Hey, last year on the show, I asked you about um, Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, I surmised that he was on mushrooms. Turns out it was ayahuasca, but no problem. We were right on the money. We, we nailed it. Um, now he comes out of the dark and more Aaron Rodgers. Awesome news. Just the, the, the drama circus and uh, soap opera that is Aaron Rodgers continues to please me. How about you? Of course. Yeah, it's great. Of course. I just, I'm not, who are these people? I don't know. man. Who are these people that get upset when players talk shit? Yeah. <laughs> like when, when Brees Hall comes out and says, nah, we're good. No, no Zeke required here in New York. That's what I want. Yes. I want more of that. I want more holdouts. I want more players keeping organizations honest. I love this. I love this. Of course, no one's going to look out for them except them. Right. Lamar doing the right thing. He's looking out for himself. He's not even letting an agent do it because he doesn't trust them either, nor should he. So I love it. I love everything. Basically, these guys are going their own way. They're not like just the company man prototype. Again, I like Dak. Right. And and what Dak gives you in Dynasty, that stability is because he's a bit of a company man. Right. 
right? He's de- he he signed his extension early. He's been out in front saying, "I want to be in Dallas for my career." This is and and I have no reason to think about anything other than playing football. I'm going to create a field at my house and have Lamb over for literally a month to just play catch. I hope it's going to be Lamb and Cooks playing yes. catch at Dak's house. That's great for us as dynasty managers, but for those of us that just love consuming NFL news and NFL drama, NFL content to keep us entertained throughout the offseason. Give me Aaron Rodgers. This stuff, the <laughs> yeah. Rodgers stuff, the yeah. Lamar Jackson stuff, the Tom Brady stuff, this 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 is what this is what we need. This is what we as the the are those that talk into microphones. That's the kind of stuff we love. But then when I go ahead and I draft my fantasy team, I pick Dak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucking fantastic. Um, Matt, people didn't come here to listen to us talk about Aaron Rodgers. You know that, right? They came here today to listen to us talk about my boy, Israel Abanacanda. Oh, yeah. yeah he's yeah, he's yeah. got size, man. He was productive. Yeah, he, he's probably yeah, fast. No, he is. He's confirmed fast. How fast? I don't know. They, they, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday morning. So he just ran his, his 40 and there are, there are tweets going about that. He ran between a four, two, six and a four, two, nine. I would bet quite a bit of money that that's not the actual 40 time that he ran. But even if you add a lot to that and he's a four, four flat at two sixteen, that is very impressive. He also jumped 41 inches. So he's got an amazing burst. This is going to be a very, very high-level athlete at 20 years old, 216 pounds. What is not to like here, Mr. Kelly? I like him. I've been drafting him, actually. He's the guy that he's the guy. Once you once you get past Tajay Spears, a guy that we knew was explosive, we know is the real deal, super productive, but also showed out at the senior bowl and then was explosive at the combine and then ran fast at his pro day. So he's locked in after him. I'm circling a a band of candidate. We couldn't have him as high in the rankings as we will a week from now or even tomorrow on player profiler because we didn't know how fast he was. And with, you know, one year of production, we needed to know the speed, right? We need to understand this. Now we know. And it's very exciting. It's very I, exciting. I, so I think he's a guy that the argument is going to be between having him at RB6 mm-hmm. and RB8. I think it's going to be between RB6 to RB9, right? In that area. Right. Like I have him know, at RB6 right you now. Could, you, could, you could put him ahead of A-Chain. Oh, he's ahead of A-Chain. You know, you could put him uh, ahead Wait, you of don't, you, you can don't put him ahead A-chain of Spears. In the top five. Yeah. You don't have a chain in. Yeah, come on, let's stop with a chain. 188 pounds. What is he gonna? We can't. We can't have a chain up there. We can't do this. No, I mean he's gonna leapfrog instantly. Eric Gray, Zach Evans, for sure. Yes. yes. Okay. Eric yes. Gray's older. Eric Gray was not as good as Spears at the Senior Bowl. He's ahead of Roshan. Uh, Eric Gray ducks some of the workouts. Um, we have Roshan much higher, so I don't, I don't think that I can put a guy like a Banacanda ahead of Roshan or ahead of Kendra Miller, but I think that Miller is different. That's the class that he's in, right? Kendra's that's an early declare athlete. 
Roshan is not an athlete. He's a sub-athlete. I mean, he's a he's an under 100 uh, speed score. He didn't have good burst. Um, I love Roshan. He's a real dog. He's a real player. But that doesn't open up elite ceiling for him. And for those reasons, you have to be a little bit careful investing high pedigree. You've, you've avoided players like this in the past, Matt. And I know that there's a great narrative behind Roshan. And trust me, I have been singing Roshan Johnson praise with you this entire offseason until he ran, you know, what did he run? A four, five, eight. Look, he it doesn't exclude him. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm saying he's a, a very solid player, but he doesn't have the you know, he doesn't have the ceiling available to him like Israel Abanacanda does. Israel Abanacanda's ceiling is incredible. Could he be Tevin Coleman? Sure. sure. You yes. know, it's very yes. possible. I don't know exactly what he's For gonna sure. be. But yes. this this has a Tevin Coleman vibe to it. And I love Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman had some great seasons. Tevin Coleman had some productive seasons. He had some super efficient seasons. It's probably what you're going to get from a Banacanda, right? That's exciting. Um, so yeah, we're we're team we're team Roshan. But anything hmm. out outside the top five is in play for a Banacanda. We're team Roshan, team Spears. You know what about Tank Bigsby? You'd put him ahead of Tank Bigsby too. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. The yeah, NFL I mean, likes tank Bigsby. The NFL likes some of these guys. So they're going to get drafted higher, but tank Bigsby's going to be uh smaller, slower. Right. Um, yeah. and, and not as productive in, in, at any point in his career though he was at Auburn. Uh, and he did have 30 receptions last year, but the bottom line is I don't care how many receptions a had last year. He proved the year prior that he can be a, a pass catcher. All he needs is one season with more than 20 catches, and he, he wasn't even a full-time player, right? He was more of a satellite back for one year, gets 24 catches. Great. Next year, he's the workhorse, and he gets 21 touchdowns. So you get 24 catches one year, 21 touchdowns the next. Bam. It's on. And the early declare is nice. Someone's telling him that he's going to get drafted. He's going to go day two. You wouldn't, man, it's, it, it's happened before. There's been a few occasions where guys have come out early, especially running backs, and they've fallen, unfortunately. Yeah. to it's, it's sad, but they do fall to day three because you know that they, if they could go back, they would redo it. Yeah, right? and I think, I think you said something that I, I find interesting. You said the NFL likes Tank Bigsby, which could be true, but we were saying the same thing about Isaiah Spiller last year, and I was off Isaiah Spiller, and so wasn't the NFL as they drafted Damian Pierce ahead of Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round. So I think that we were off made- Isaiah Spiller because of Devin, Devon Achain. Right. Well, I mean, Devon Achain yeah. got us off a got us off a Spiller because Devon Achain was much better, yes. you know, in the same offense than Spiller was. So that that was an, that was an easy one. Right. And fading Zach Evans, fading Bigsby, that's easy. A lot of people are super high on A chain. He's just not fast enough. So the argument to put uh, a Banacanda in at RB6, I think, is very strong. So we probably have a different top five if we kind of agree that he's six, but it sounds like the guy that you might be outside of your top five. Uh, it sounds like Sean Tucker versus Roshan Johnson is where we're at because. You know, as much as Sean Tucker's a little scary, his profile is very, very clean. Well, we don't have any workouts for him yet. You think he's not fast? Well, we don't know. He's only 5'9", 207. He's got to be fast. He's going to have to be. But he's a he's a pass catcher for sure. But he, 
He's fast. The you know the. Is that the only reason that you are unsure if he's fast? Chase Brown uh, scared me a lot, right? He looked incompetent at the Senior Bowl. It was weird. It was weird how bad at football he looked. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the thing. That's been a blind spot I've had where I've loved these guys, these athletes, and then they get get to the NFL and it's no bueno. Right. that's right. We'll, we'll 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 see with Sean Tucker. Cody's kind of out on Sean Tucker, um, and so some of our guys here are not in on Sean Tucker. He's an interesting guy for sure. He has 36 catches on his. He's he's kind of similar to a Banacanda in that way, right? I just we knew from the beginning that a Banacanda's fast, and a Banacanda's got you know two ten plus size. Tucker's right. in a different tier in that he's smaller. Like you would never. I mean, I guess you could. You have him ahead of a chain. Uh, absolutely. 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 You really think so? He has like 30 pounds on A-Chain. A-Chain is 188 pounds. And and, and Sean Tucker's 5'9", 207. I mean, that still is 30 BMI. I mean, once you once you tip the 30 BMI and 205 pounds, I think you put yourself in, in, a, in a category that actually, uh, you know, it's an Aaron Jones size. I mean, who... Name the player that succeeded at Devin A. Chain's size. I just, there's none, you know I mean? But there's countless guys who have done, you know, pretty solid work as an NFL back. You know, you could say DeAndre Swift. I'm not saying that Sean Tucker is DeAndre Swift, but DeAndre Swift's size, uh, you know, Aaron Jones' size, you can at least find some comps uh, for athletes who have performed. And to, and to compare Chase Brown to Sean Tucker, I mean, come on. Chase Brown's a fifth-year player. And he didn't really produce as a young player. Sean Tucker dominated from freshman year, certainly his sophomore year, was one of the best, most prolific sophomore seasons we've seen. His junior year, slight uh, disappointment. It was still like 1,400 yards and 30 catches. You know, it's like he's still doing uh, a, a, a lot of things that are checking a lot of boxes, including BMI and weight, speed, catching the football. Um, you know, so for me, yeah, absolutely. Devin A. Chain is, is a great player, but I'm not so sure. Are you then also in on uh, Deuce Vaughn? No. Right. So there is a size that's too small, but not 188. I don't know. I'm a little scared at 188. I am too. But if A. Chain's going to go day three and, you know, I guess were you out on James Cook, guys like that? A little bit out on James Cook, but A. Chain's a better runner of the football, but James Cook was bigger than him too. I know. But James Cook was also that sort of like, you know, he he, he didn't have 10 carries in a football game since high school or something like that. You know what I mean? Like A. Chain is a motherfucker, man. He is a hell of a player. Like I give him a lot of credit. Like when you watch him play, you're like, oh, damn, this guy runs like with, with a force. But in the NFL, doesn't that all change a little bit when you're 188 pounds? Yeah, you're not – the the door is wide open for Abanacanda to at least be you know in that A chain tier right there with Kendra Miller uh, and Roshan. It's, it's he's he's right there. I just yeah the speed alone is not enough. No, right? the speed alone is not enough. Certainly, Agreed. if you had the speed and you have like fifteen hundred plus yards, then if you still get drafted in day three, that's a red flag. Like, so oh, oh, sure. we're, we're sure, 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 you know, sure. what's going on with this guy? Like, yeah. is this a Kristen Michael situation? What's going on? Right. Yeah. So there's been plenty of Kristen Michaels that have come along where, you know, okay. It's, it's a little easier when a guy is a small school player, 
like Tajay Spears, right? If Tajay Spears goes fourth round, it's a Tulane thing. It's not really a Tajay Spears thing. If he had gone to LSU, he would have gone day three. Like I'm not going to, I'm not worried about that as much, but you have guys that went to Syracuse guys that went, you know, to power five conference schools. They, I, oh man, like, Think about if you want to say, hey, this guy's the next Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson went early third round. So that's going to matter a lot. If Ibana Kanda can go third round, that would be incredible. Someone told him he's going to. Someone yeah, the, definitely told him he's going to. And I'll give you this. Just like I, someone this, someone yeah. told Spiller wrong information. Hey, you <laughs> should sure. come out early. Like that yeah. he did himself a disservice. The best yeah, thing that Spiller could have done, and we talked about this, was to hmm. go back to school get bigger, stronger, faster, and put up an even bigger season and get drafted like Zach on, Charbonnet. On, on, on day two. Like there, Zach there are rumors that yeah. Zach Charbonnet could get drafted as the RB2. I agree. Before Gibbs, that that's possible. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to get out too far over our skis on uh, a Banacanda and Tucker. I just, we got to see the Tucker athleticism. If Tucker is athletic, then he's definitely moving up. There's Here's no question. Think. Just like Banacanda. I think I think I think Tucker has some nuance issues. I think there's some people who are a little bit, you know, they don't love his film. They don't love some of his down to down, you know, instincts and things like that. And maybe you hear some of the same things about Banacanda, but no, I heard I want- some of those same things about Chase Brown. Oh God, yeah, Chase Brown. You got to throw him away. He's he. Uh, I mean, he. I don't know that he gets draft capital. If he does, maybe then I'll start to consider him. He's a hell of an athlete, and but I heard the same things from different sources. I heard it from you guys as well. But his senior bowl was atrocious. His pass blocking was awful. His instincts in the pass game and in pass blocking were awful. Like so, technique, instinct. He didn't break out until very, very late. Let's stop talking about Chase Brown before you upset me. But no, no, listen. Well, hey, listen so, though. Hey, by the way, go for it. Yeah. yeah. I don't fucking care. All that's true. All yeah. that's true. And if the dude's yeah. sitting there in the fourth round, I'm pushing the button. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, no that's the thing. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's the thing. Yeah. Yes. I will chase that athleticism. For sure. All day. You know, I will. You know, I, I will. But in the second round, high. second round pick is valuable. You can trade a yes. second rounder and get a lot back at that. Once you're in the second round, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about guys you would draft at the, the, you know, the 203, 204, 205. The premium pick. Right. In the super flex league, yeah. all the quarterbacks are gone. The best running backs are gone. A bunch of these wide receivers are gone. You're now down to a Banacanda and Spears and Roshan. And you're trying to make a decision. Uh, it's just going to depend on what team they land on, where they get drafted. A lot of those things are what, what's going to be the, the differentiator. But athleticism matters so much for running backs. It's so much more predictive right. than for wide receivers that a Banacanda oh, delivering. Because I've also heard that guys were fast. I also heard that Roshan Johnson was going to run a sub four five, and he didn't. Right. I've heard oh, a lot right. of guys were going to run this and run that. So this was, you know, an internal debate that we have at Player Profile. I'm like, we have conservative rankings. People know that when the information comes in, that shit will adjust one way or the other. Okay. We, even when the chase Brown athleticism came in, he moved up. 
Yeah. Right. Because he went from someone that I didn't want anything to do with where now it's like, okay, if it's the fourth round, I'm going to grab this guy on athleticism alone. Now we have a band of Canada checking a hell of a lot of boxes. Yeah. So Chalk also has been a he's crashing of tears. Chase Brown. Yeah. Chalk was also a supporter of Chase Brown here at the Undroppables. We had a, a little argument about whether or not he was something or not. And we've gone back and forth, you know, and, and Israel was part of that conversation as well. But one thing I would share with you, and this is not something that I look at for my evaluation purposes, but I want to share this with you. This was just NFL.com. Uh, if you've ever seen their draft rating, their grade, oh, their God. official grade on the play. Right, exactly. Oh, God. I agree with you a thousand percent in that regard. However, it sometimes is a window into the NFL scouting industrial complex, right? The sort of the the, the things that we don't see. Well, look, it's Bijan, Gibbs, Zach Evans, and then Israel Abanacanda is the fourth highest rated running back on there. So, you know, ahead of guys like A-Chain, Charbonnet, et cetera. So there may be – look, if, it comes down to draft capital, right? If if, if somehow or another Israel Abanacanda is a, a, a late two, early three-round pick, oh, I mean, he's got to be considered – in the top four or five at that point in our in our rookie draft I'm saying, rankings. It's automatic. Vault him. The guy's got to run. It's not just that he ran. If he ran a 4-4-8, four, four, then he, he he gets bumped up for sure. This is confirmation that he's fast. He runs a 4-3-2, four, 4-3-8. Four, if I'm hearing whispers about dudes with hand times around 4-3, yeah. how it normally shakes out is his official... Pro day time will be about four three five. Then we'll correct that to be in line with the combine because the, the pro day forties are on average about five one hundredths of a second faster correct. than at the combine. So then four 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 is amazing. Four That's four right. G- is freaking JT's Saquon. Four three nine. That's right. That's right. Four yes. four is Saquon. Yeah, Saquon. So, yeah, you can't draft Gibson Hank and JT ahead of that guy. No fucking yes. way. Right. And I, I think that's where it's going to come out. And look, you know, I've said all along, Israel Abanacanda is the sort of, you know, the moonshot, the 3-0 fastball where you're swinging from the heels because he's got all the ceiling. I, I see the downside, but he's a 20-year-old early breakout, early declare, you know, size, speed, monster. And, uh, you know, it, it looks the part. He's got, you know, the, the big legs, that low center of gravity that can hold up in the NFL. I just think the world of him as a as a raw prospect. And for those reasons, I get excited. Now, I'm a little bit unsure what the NFL thinks, where he's going to get drafted, whether he has the nuance. But here's the thing with with the nuance thing. A lot of the, the criticism I've heard from some of the film guys, scout guys on Israel Abanacanda is, well, yeah, you see some home run plays, a la Tevin Coleman, so I, I grant you that. But you don't see the skill between the tackle, yada, yada. And it's like, mm. well, he's 20 years old. Perhaps that's something he can learn. I don't know, right? That's what I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be an exceptional back on a down-to-down basis. That's the question. But every other box checked. It's great, man. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We, we want this, man. We, we desperately want this. We need it. We need some backs, and it's going to be interesting to see which one of these guys. Because I've, I've, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's a deep running back class, but I don't know which ones. Right? You know, we're sort of, and that's the thing. It's like each one of them. You could say, you know, it's same thing with a chain. Look, if a chain were two ten, he'd be, uh, you know, right there with, uh, you know, he'd be RB two. I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to like. I mean, this guy ran a four three two. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? But at some point or another. 
the weight scares me, you know? So that's, that's the thing. I mean, it just, it scares me and I can't, I don't know. I just can't make him a top five running back in the class at 188 unless I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong, Matt? Maybe I'm wrong. Well, a lot of people love a chain, right? Just like the NFL, like Zach Evans. Yeah. Right. And then we just don't, you know, there are certain guys that we're not going to be as bullish on and we're fine with that. That's every year, right? Once in a while, you're going to get a guy where he has the lowest breakout rating in the history of first round picks. We have the breakout finder app, which looks at all this data points and, 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 I'm interested to see where Abanacanda shakes out in the new updated breakout finder. Once we have all the pro day information in. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll, it will I'll be, be interesting. Yeah. But you know, we're, we, we, we're going to, we're going to fade a guy like a, say a, a Josh Jacobs, right? Goes first round. That's fine. We want him, right? He's a top pick. Great. But if we're making a decision between this guy and Miles Sanders, right, we're going to be on Miles Sanders. And if in, in in hindsight, that was a mistake. Sure. Right. Josh Jacobs has been out producing Miles Sanders every fucking year. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even though Miles Sanders yeah. was on a better team last year. Yeah. And it didn't matter. Josh Jacobs dominated him in, in the fantasy scoring. Josh Jacobs ran a four, six, nine. Yeah. Right. Josh Jacobs didn't catch any passes. He was out produced in the passing game by Damian Harrison College. It didn't make any sense. Like I said, he had the lowest breakout rating of any first round pick at running back ever. But the draft capital. Right. But you know, if you yeah. just let draft capital make all your decisions for you, that's you, you can do that. But yeah. you're, you're you're gonna you're gonna draft Ronald Jones. Yeah. Right? Over yeah. Aaron Jones. And yeah. like we're just not gonna do that. There's gonna be certain guys that we steam up especially and and if they go in the in day 2 that is really helpful to our case. Yes. Right, that's really helpful. There's less and less guys going in day 1 and day 2 at running back now. Bingo. So, yep. Banacanda, it's not a sure thing he's going to go day 2. It's not For a sure. sure thing about any of these guys. It's like with three guys we know we're going to go day 2 or or, yeah. or first round for Bijan. You know, we're hoping second round for Gibbs and Charbonnet, and then maybe a couple third rounders. We're not sure who that's it's right. going to be. Probably a chain because that's A-chain. what the NFL wants. Bingo! Right? That's what I think and they're going to draft that. Speed. And then there's a Zach Evans because oh SEC, right? Tank Bigsby maybe oh a- oh SEC whatever. And then you're into the fourth round for guys like Abana Kanda, for guys like Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller, maybe Kendra Miller, maybe not. Love Kendra. You know, yeah, we'll I see. Him. I love him. You know, right. I, I think, you know, we'll see what the, what was, the, what, what's the early read on his pro day? Well, here's the problem is he's injured. I don't think he's going to even have a pro day. He, he was, he was unable to compete. And I don't, I don't think it'd be wise for him to be coming off injury, trying to, you know, get well and then run. So I don't know about. I think um, they, that's actually, you know what? I think the TCU had their pro day. I'm looking at the pro day calendar. I think they might've had it a couple of days ago and he didn't do anything. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think it'd be wise if if he did because like he like I said, he's coming back off. I think it was a knee or whatever, so not not good. He needs to. That could be a problem too with his draft capital. So it could be counting it twice. You know, if he's hurt, they're, they're, you know, injuries are another one too. Like you know, there was a little bit of a leak about Sean Tucker's medicals not being perfect. It's like, well, dude, that's a whole horse of a different color. Speaking of a horse of a different color, I got to ask you this. This is going to be a great little little. Would way you to do? End. Will you have Miller okay. over a Banacanda? They're right there. I did. I may not anymore. 
I love Kendra Miller. The, he's a little bit of a black box. I think he's athletic. So now that we know for sure that Israel is really, really fast, it'll probably move him ahead of Miller. Yeah, we're going to have to see how Cody grades these guys. That's a classic example of where, you know, we're going to have to see what the football guys say and what the draft, what the mock drafts are saying. So especially after this, we got to look at mock drafts. We got to, we got to talk to Cody. We got to talk to a football guy and, you know, he'll make a determination on like a Kendra Miller versus an Abeda Kanda who they are similar guys. They're coming out early. They're athletic. They have a monster season on their resume we're pretty sure they're going to be slick receivers at the next level, though, you know, there's more evidence that a band is that guy. Yes. Uh, but then again, some some scouts Only say that, that Kendra yeah. Miller is also very, you know, very competent in the passing game. So we'll see. But that's where you have to kind of make these um, uh, tiebreaker type moves. And like in our dynasty rankings, we have a lifetime value rating. And it's like, oh, this guy's RB four, this guy's RB five, but their their lifetime value ratings are almost the same. Right. But what are you? Re- what are we even talking about here? You just flip a coin when you go to draft. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what's interesting is like, you know, we we talk about Damian Pierce last year, and he was a uh, interest. He was in this kind of conversation, maybe a Kendra Miller type, where you're like, I'm, I like him, and da da da. You know. Uh, anyway, and then when he gets that 4.01 draft capital, right, the first pick of that fourth round, they come out, they, they you know, and it's for a team with a wide open running back room. It like it moved him up after the draft. You know, it was okay capital, but it was also like you know, clear path and everything, you know, so it, like imagine if Isaiah Spiller would have gone in that spot and, 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 you know, Damian Pierce would have went to, you know, the chargers behind Eckler sort of pigeonholed in that spot. They would have maybe been inverted in terms of what they would have done in their rookie season. I think Damian Pierce is a better back than Spiller, but that's besides the point. That's not the point. You yeah, know what I mean? No, but so, that, that is, I, I brought up the, the Josh Jacobs example because, not every model is always going to hit right when it says, Oh, right. There's a, there's a, there was still a greater than 50% chance that Jacobs was going to break out because all first round running backs break out. Even Trent Richardson broke out. That's right. Right. He had a thousand yard season as a rookie and he had a, a very good fantasy season as a rookie. The, the larger point is more often than not, we're going to say, okay, we're out on a Ronald Jones. We're out on Isaiah Spiller. And just remember that, a lot of the big scouting is in on these guys. Right. And they're in on them for the wrong reasons. They're in on them because of narrative reasons. They're in on them because they had a particular game against Notre Dame or some shit where when you zoom out and you're like, oh, this guy's not actually that fast. It's all narrative driven. Ronald Jones isn't even that fast. Right. Spiller is not that fast. Right. Spiller was, you know, these guys also were less efficient compared to other running backs in the same system. So there's all these was a trap. Yeah. There's all these traps and we're like, okay, right. That was all true for Jacobs as well. It's just that, you know, some people, they make it to the NFL, especially getting opportunity right away and they seize the day. Yep. And good for them. It's possible to seize the day. It's possible to run a four, seven, like Adrian (laughs) Foster and be be good. good. These guys are exceptions to the rule. But yeah. we're gonna we're gonna follow our process and more often than not avoid the spillers. Avoid the traps. Yeah. Right? Avoid the yeah. traps, not steaming up a like a James Cook. I always ask questions like that because I'm like, were you one of these people yeah. that was like, you know, so high on James Cook? No, yeah. okay. Zero that's, cares. Zero cares. That's because yeah. it, it's like, yes, he went to Georgia, 
right? Yes, he's in the national championship game. This is what people see, right? And it's like, okay, take a step back, man. Yeah. He's 200 pounds. What has he done so far? How athletic is he really? Right. right now you're down to, okay, he went to Georgia and he was exciting and he went to the, the offense I like. That smells like such a trap. Yeah. Right. The Kenny NFL McIntosh. likes him. Let the NFL like him. A-Chain's yeah. going to go just where Cook went. Yep. Let the NFL like these guys for the right reasons that they can help yeah. you in the passing game. Even A-Chain, though, is weird. But the, is weird. another reason I can't get fully on board with A-Chain is because he looks like a satellite back, but then he plays like a slasher yeah. at 185 pounds. That's very scary. I'd it's rather scary. a guy be what he should be where his profile and the data align with his play style that's comforting right it all yeah. lines up with tajay spears it doesn't really line up with a chain and it makes me nervous a chain if he just had i mean a few more pounds we could start talking ourselves into him as a as a true bell cow but yeah i i feel like he's going to be pigeonholed by the nfl as a pass down player part-time player, which could be good enough. Look, if he gets enough targets, I mean, if he's like, you know, even the Jarek McKinnon role, he didn't get but five or six tar uh, rushes a game, but you know, his targets, you know, he was RB one in two consecutive weeks this year. So there are opportunities, but again, you talk about James cook, same type of player and he didn't do Jack squat for you. Hey, you brought up uh, Trent Richardson. Speaking of Richardson, let's, let's do this. Let's imagine that me and you, Mr. Kelly, are co-GMs of the Carolina Panthers. And we are sitting there at the 1.01. We, we just took over the team because I don't think either one of us would have made that trade to get us there. But we are now there, and we have to draft a quarterback. Mm. Mr. Kelly, who are you drafting with that 1.01 in the NFL draft? It's not a lock that it would be Richardson. I think it's very likely to be Richardson. For you. I would love to get Richardson, but if all my football guys are telling me that CJ Stroud is the guy, then I would go CJ Stroud. So this is where this is where it's interesting. This is where our process has changed a little bit, where we would have been a little bit more on the front foot with a guy like a Banacanda and even like a Sean Tucker and a Chase Brown, a little bit out just out ahead chasing the athleticism, yep. where we try to be balanced, like, hey, we're going to reward athleticism in a major way, but if, if we don't think this guy is going to get drafted high, we still have to temper expectations. We know the Aaron Jones has happened, but sometimes these guys, they get buried and they don't see the light of day. So we've, we've got to be a little more careful about just making sure the NFL likes this guy and he's going to get opportunity and that it's not just an athleticism trap. And in, so my process has been refined over the last 10 years that I think I feel like my instincts are now pretty dialed in to there are certain types of players I would avoid because they don't reach certain thresholds like a Bryce Young. I'm not going to take Bryce Young at one. There's no way, right? 5'10", 5'11", guy that's not Kyler Murray level athletic. You can't, there's not, it's not possible to talk me into it. It's not happening. Right. Well, there's no doubt that Bryce Young took a massive shit right after he right after he took that picture. There's a no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. So after he weighed in, then yeah. it becomes but, about C.J. Stroud and like, okay, yes. he's the only other guy that I might consider, other than you know the Anthony Richardson, which gives you the size. 
the athleticism, the arm strength, all those things, all those you know, sort of Josh Allen esque qualities, which is why you know the 49ers traded like three first round picks to go up and get Trey Lance once upon a time. It wasn't that crazy because the upside was there. Now they could have just stayed put, like you, we were talking about. We wouldn't have done that deal, of course right. not, because you just stay right. put and get Mac Jones if you're the 49ers. Right, right, right. Right, you you, yes. you punked yourself. Or imagine yes. if they had all those picks and Mac Jones. Right, they'd be great. Can you imagine what that team would be? <laughs> and, and 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 Mac Jones is the perfect quarterback for a Kyler uh, a Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, Brock Purdy analog. Yeah, he's a he's basically a guy that's just going to say yes sir, no sir. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's what that's what he wants. That's yep. what he he's too much of an egomaniac to let uh, a quarterback call his own plays or have any control over the situation. No way. It's it's what Kyle wants, and it's all about Kyle. It's his world, and so he's so, going to need a company man at quarterback. They had the perfect company man in Mac Jones, and they decided to pass on him. Uh, and, and not pass okay. on him. They didn't pass on him. Hell no. Right. They traded everything to move to get up. away from him. Yeah. Yeah. To get away from him to, to, to quote unquote upgrade. And now it's a big quote question unquote. mark whether that is an upgrade or not. Yeah. I still, if you're in that spot, having not traded up, I love the, the idea and the theory of the case for, for drafting Josh Allen, drafting, mm. Uh, Jalen Hurts, drafting Lamar Jackson, drafting all these guys that can give your offense that extra element. Bunch of guys who've never won jack squat in the league. And one outlier in Josh Allen, who we both agreed did not have the metrics to ever become a a, a star in the NFL and defied all the odds. Yeah, defied and all the odds, right? Defied all the odds. Defied all are the odds. The, that the one thing that he and Josh Jacobs had was draft capital. going to do it again. He's going to be the one. And he's way worse than Josh Allen in terms of some of the metrics. I mean, athletically, he's not. But athletically doesn't deliver the ball on target and on time on third and eight. Right. It just doesn't, you know? So for me, this is not even a close conversation in the real NFL. This is CJ Stroud by a mile. Oh, good. Okay. Thank you. Because I thought I was going to have to debate you on this. Oh, no, no. This is CJ Stroud okay, in the real good. NFL God. in a nanosecond. Anthony All Richardson right. wouldn't even be a thought. The only reason I'm taking Anthony Richardson is if my stupid NFL owner is like, I want the big fast guy. I'll be like, really? Um, this is this is the easiest pick ever. CJ Stroud, Carolina Panthers, lock it in. Give me the guy who can deliver the ball on target and on time. I mean, he's been prolific. He lines up with the Joe Burrows and the and the Justin Herberts and the Patrick Mahomeses of the world in terms of his college profile. Now it's possible he also flames out. We've seen other players with this type of profile not necessarily reach the heights, but we've really never seen a player like Anthony Richardson ever do anything. The only one we can point to is Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the only one. And even he was not successful for two straight years starting for the Buffalo Bills. Well, and somehow, and I love I mean, Josh Ka- Allen. Kaepernick almost it. won a Super Bowl. Mm. Was, yeah. Okay. Kaepernick. Interesting. Kaepernick almost won a Super Bowl. So it, it's certainly possible. I mean, uh, you know, you're, you have to, you have to also interview these guys, right? If you interviewed Cam Newton, you would have known that he was going to clash with most coaches. Okay. There's no way that you could interview a guy and then talk to his coaches and, and, and do, do, do your due diligence on, you know, the behavioral aspect of his profile 
and be like, okay, this guy is going to be able to mesh with a system. This guy's going to be able to mesh with coaches. This guy's going to be able to, you know, uh, take instruction, right? Okay. That's a challenge. Now, did you know that he wouldn't even like stretch with his teammates that he would just walk up and down the rows of players stretching and, and, and punk people and, and demoralize people and be a dick. Um, no, like you didn't, who, who the hell could have known that he was going to be that much of a, but he still went to a super bowl too. Like, as you, you say they didn't win anything, but he won the NFC. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, I just, I, I didn't have his, uh, you know, I look at the anatomy stuff, the, the stuff that I've done. His his interception percentage was 1.8%, which was great his, over his college career. Um, almost a four to one, uh, over three to one touchdown to interception ratio. He had 1,200 college attempts. Um, he was, he had a, a season of 65% completion percentage. Um, so he was a better prospect than Anthony Richardson throwing the football. So yeah, even, even Colin Kaepernick and he was drafted early second round. Look, if you're telling me that you want to take Anthony Richardson in the Lamar Jackson, Colin Kaepernick zone, that starts to feel a little bit better, but 1.01 overall for that type of a risk. I don't know. Well, I think, I think it's pretty, man, don't you think that, that just, the consensus is forming around Stroud at this point that people have kind of come out from their days and they come out from their wish casting and they've realized, okay, yeah, Stroud's the truth. Yeah. I'm like, yes. I'm like, wait a second. This guy's bigger and more athletic and was technically a little more prolific and even more efficient at similar programs to Bryce Young. There's no yes. argument for Bryce Young. Get out of here. And there's like, oh no, yeah. no, it's like his his speed of processing, right? He's a faster processor. He has a faster <laughs> release or anything. It's like, listen, man, yeah. I I maybe and if these guys were of similar size, similar profiles, then maybe we can talk. But yep. you're not going to get me into the 510 guy over a, a locked in guy like Stroud. The thing with Stroud is at the combine, he removed any doubt of his arm strength because that yes. was the big question. It's like, okay, well, there's been a bunch of guys that have been super prolific, Case Keenum, where they just didn't quite, they weren't able to push the ball. You know, right. Graham Harrell, they couldn't yes. push the ball into the, the outer thirds the way you need to, to yes. really unlock your potential in the NFL. Stroud Absolutely. showed that at the combine, and then that was easy. Then it was like, hello, here we go. But And so we have Stroud certainly as the, the first quarterback you would draft in Superflex. But what about like a single quarterback league where you're drafting a, a quarterback like in round two just for upside? Wouldn't you just take Richardson? Richardson? You'd take Richardson, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yes. And what yes. about if you're an NFL team – yeah. Okay, we would definitely take. So I think Stroud and Superflex, Stroud if you're an NFL team, why yes. would you even why would you go anywhere else? It wouldn't make any sense. The other guys are are so much more risky. This is such an important pick. The risk factor with Stroud is like an order of magnitude lower than the other 3 of of the big 4 quarterbacks. That's the yes. primary reason I would go in the Stroud direction as an NFL team. But then yes. the conversation actually becomes a little more interesting when you're t- weighing risk versus reward on the Correct. young versus Richardson. Absolutely. 
even Richardson, I mean, what I've what I've shared is if he hits at all, I, like he, I, I forget if he hits. If he plays in the NFL, he's going to be awesome for fantasy. Oh, he, you know what I mean? Yeah. If he's in the game, he's going to be awesome for fantasy because he's well, going to run. What if you're a GM? If you're a GM, you're going young over Richardson. Yeah, I think I have to. Yeah. I mean, because Richardson, man, oh, man, like everything is a projection. So you have to have a really long term plan for him. Just look at the players, though. Look at the quarterbacks. I mean, forget the Kaepernick and and, and, and Newton dragging teams that had no business. Well, right. 49ers did, but at least Newton dragging a, a Panthers team that had no business to the Super Bowl. And then we get Hurts and we get Allen. And Hertz was prolific in college. I know. I know. I know. Right. But right. But Richardson has more arm talent than Hertz ever will. Yes. So it's interesting, right? It's it. Yeah. Hertz more refined. Hertz certainly just a a better leader of men, a better processor, you know, of, of, uh, you know, information and running through his read progressions I think he's Cam, also the son Cam of a Newton. coach. I think Hertz Cam, is the son Cam of a coach. Newton. So he Cam has Newton a little was, bit of that that Dak Prescott quality to him where he's like, listen, I'm gonna build us, yeah. I'm gonna build a field in the back of my house. I'm just gonna live and breathe football. Hertz always had that about him. Yes. Why he fell the second round makes no sense. With was one of the weirder things that's ever happened in the history of the NFL. You're supposed to yeah. love that guy. So yes. why the just the arm strength alone. Gave, gave put enough seeds of doubt in enough NFL teams to to push him to the second round was wild. So wild. what about what about Richardson versus Levis? Levis is going to go in the second round in real NFL. I think. Really, I don't think he's getting drafted in the first round. He's going to fall. You think so? I mean, so I had I had Felix Sharp on my podcast early, like January or something like that, February, I don't remember, a while ago. And he goes, I want to take – he was loud and proud. He goes, I want to take the odds that Levis falls out of the first round and doesn't get drafted. I was like, what are you talking about? I go, those would be amazing odds. Like, what are you, crazy? He goes, I'll take them. Find them for me. I want it. Wow. And all offseason, he's been like top five, top five, top five. He's going – he's the next guy. And now you're hearing whispers. Uh, he just this morning another tweet. He didn't. Uh, he didn't impress at the uh, at the interviews. He's uh, entitled and this and that and uh, you know. And now the, the the whole storm of media is saying that you know uh, who was it? Lance Zerline had him at you know nineteen and Hooker at twenty two in the in his mock draft. Nineteen. That's all. That's not top five. I see him sliding now. Sliding. There's no draft yet. There hasn't been a real draft once or twice. So whether or not a team is interested in him or not, but let me, lest I remind you, Matt, last year, you and I had this pod between uh, the combine and the draft and both of us, both of us were convinced that, that Malik Willis was going in the top 10. We were both convinced. Why? Well, the only reason we don't know what the fuck do we know? We're just two guys in our mom's basement. But the reason that we thought that was because Everyone was fucking saying it. Every guy, every scout, every mock draft. I mean, look, if every single mock draft has him in the top 10, uh, I guess he's going to the fucking top 10. So what happened? He went in the third round and not a single quarterback went, I mean, other than Pickett and Pickett went late, not a single quarterback went before the third round. Sam Howell went in the fifth round. We had word that the NFL, quote unquote, liked Sam Howell. No, they didn't. So 
everything that we think we're hearing sometimes can be wrong. And and so whether or not he was a top five pick, Will Levis, or whether or not he is sliding, I don't really know. But I do see some major flaws in his game, high interception percentage, a lot of terrible reads, mismanagement, things of this nature. Now the interviews, who knows? Um, I'm just saying I think there's a distinct possibility he slides and him and Hendon Hooker are drafted very, very close together at the one-two turn. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Well, here's the thing, man. Draft countdown. We have a we have a, a NFL mock draft index on player profiler. It's actually now yeah. free in the NFL draft section. We aggregate all these different services from Bleacher yeah. Report all the way through like Sports Illustrated. Yep. Pro Football Network has him at 15. Mm-hmm. And I looked through them all. Uh draft countdown has him at 19. Wow. So there are some mock drafters who are now pushing him wow. outside the top 10. Wow. Wow. So wow. that's starting to happen. Right. That's what I'm saying. I wonder. Also, the problem is draft countdown also has Skaronsky and Paris Johnson outside the top 10. And that doesn't make sense. Mm. Those guys are studs. So I'm not sure what's going on there. And they still have Tyree Wilson in the top three. Um, that may happen. That may be the uh, what was the guy from last year that ended up going one from uh, Georgia? Yeah, that uh, it, mm, you know what I'm saying. The the big fast you know edge guy. I, always, I, I've heard know, that, but it, there's just no way it's it's not going to be Will Anderson. <laughs> no, no, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I still think it's Will Anderson. But it's funny how it was last year. It happened, um, uh, you know, it happened again last year. You know, so with Thibodeau, remember? You know, well, like, we thought, yeah, we thought it was going to be Thibodeau. Right. And then it was like, Just like oh, Will Anderson. Yeah. Well, it can happen is all I'm saying. These crazy shit happens. I'm with you. It shouldn't happen. Thibodeau should have been probably first overall for Christ's sakes. I but, mean, Trayvon Walker's. Um, oh, he's man. good. I mean, Trayvon Walker's really good. Right. Yes. I mean, I kind of like Jacksonville's defense this year with totally with Josh Allen, the, the, the defense of Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker. Yes. Um, so I, I mean, I get it. If a guy's going to run a four five flat at two seventy two, that's, that's going to happen, you know? And then he also has, and, and the nice thing is it was very cool to see him actually play well. That was a big deal. (laughs) Right. So I I was, I, I, I was pleased to see that. Um, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard that the scouts are as in on, uh, Tyree Wilson as they were. I don't think he, part of it was going to Georgia too. Totally. Um, the Texas Tech is going to hurt Tyree Wilson a little bit. It's just hard to see totally. it, the, the Texas Tech factor letting him get drafted that high. But Agreed. we'll see. But it can happen. It can happen. You know, but the, I guess the, what I'm getting at is with, with, the, is, with, the, with the information it, we have now, we don't really know where these quarterbacks are getting drafted. So sometimes he's not to, going past like the Jordan Love zone. He's not going past like 18, 19. Is he? Yeah, I don't know. It's so good. I love it. There's no way. He, he's at worst, he's Jordan Love. Oh, Jordan Love should have gone past the Jordan Love zone. Jordan Love had a big arm, and I mean, he, and the Green Bay apparently thinks he's good enough. Yeah, these interception percentages. He I had like the same them. problem that Will Levis did. Same problem. I don't like these guys. These are these guys I'm out on because I mean it's just over the course of time you're a turnover machine. Uh, it doesn't get easier at the NFL level. The windows are tighter. The the reads are quicker. It's all harder. It's harder. It's just, I don't like it. There's there's a little bit of nuance with this. So, for example, you know, in single quarterback leagues, I would just as soon have Levis and just take a chance, you know, over Bryce Young. Mm. But 
Mm. I I just don't like there's single quarterback leagues where people are, you know, letting go of Kirk Cousins for very little. In but, a single quarterback league, Will Levis would be off my board. I wouldn't even draft him. Yeah, I think that if you have a, a single quarterback dynasty league and you're and you had to draft a quarterback, I wouldn't probably, but if you had to, I would rather have a Levis just to just to take that swing. Just to yeah, take that swing. Because I, I yeah. think that Bryce Young has a limited ceiling in the NFL. I think he's gonna be a very good game manager, and I think that, you know, his ultimate ceiling is Kirk Cousins. Which which is you know eighteen fantasy points a game, it's not winning you anything in a single quarterback league. There it, there's a possibility that Will Levis has the 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 arm strength and the ability to to man he's twenty three years old though. I think these guys like uh, C J Stroud and uh, Bryce Young are athletic enough in the uh, realm of like. Herbert Burrow Mahomes. I'm not saying that they're as good as those players yet in any way, but in in their athleticism and in their utility as rushers, I think that that's the type. Trevor Lawrence is another one. These guys aren't zeros in the rush game, but they're you know they they're prolific passers. They're passers first, and then they add a little something in the run game because of scrambling, not because of running. Right? They're not like running RPO. You know, like they're not doing the hurts. Uh, Justin Field stuff, but you know it, it, they they add what three four hundred yards, two to four hundred yards, and two to seven touchdowns, just kind of whatever you know, four or five touchdowns a year, and that's what they're getting you uh, on scrambles and situational runs where it makes sense for them to do so, picking up a first down here and there, and so I think that Bryce Young, by all accounts, is a tremendous athlete. Why he didn't use his legs at all at in college at Alabama is kind of a mystery to me because by all accounts, he's actually a pretty damn good athlete. I have no idea, but um, we kind of got some feedback from CJ Stroud that literally coach Ryan day coaches against them, the quarterbacks running, which is why even Justin Fields, you look back at Justin Fields at Ohio state, very, very low rushing numbers. And then he gets to the NFL and nearly sets the rushing record for a quarterback. So I think there may be a little bit of upside for CJ Stroud as a rusher in the NFL. That's the thing. That's the guy. That's another reason why. I mean, CJ Stroud is athletic. Is. Right? He is. He's a guy that he he can I don't know. I mean, he looked in college like he was, you know, faster, more agile than say Desmond Ritter and then Desmond Ritter runs right. something close to a 4-5. Right. Yeah. So, we'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's it's clearly it's clearly him. Uh, I I do think there is some upside with Will Levis. We just got to see where he where he goes, what happens. We've seen. I mean, Jay Cutler, right? He was uh, he 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 was <laughs> not as efficient in college as we would have liked, but he ended up having yeah. some good years. He did, he um, did. some big years. I mean, he did he have did. Brandon uh, Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, <laughs> that and helps. that's really helpful. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, Jay Cutler is a great comp for Will Levis. If I really these like it. Will Levis mocks, it. if more and more of these places start coming out with Will Levis in the teens, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. Just so you know, that's a big deal. He'll end up he'll end up in Washington, you know, which is not a great coaching staff, but it is a hell of a, a wide receiver core to have. It would be very interesting. He'd be set up for success there with his receivers. 
you, you know what's crazy? If you're out on Will Levis, like if Washington passes on him in the first round, oh, it's if not Washington like all passes on him at like wherever they're drafting 16. But I'm just saying, if Washington passes on him in the first round, doesn't automatically mean they're into him in the second round either. That's how this. That's how this last year everybody just fell because everybody's like, "Yeah, no, we're out. I'm good. We're good. We don't need these motherfuckers." Well, I, I think I think Seattle would be in the, the twenty because two. because no no we pick twenty. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see. Because Gino has a, a team friendly contract where they can they can say, "Hey, we're going to develop this guy behind Gino for a year or two. Baltimore, right? What about what's Baltimore going to do at twenty three if they don't have Lamar Jackson? I mean, because I'd rather I'd rather pick I'd pick Hendon Hooker over over Will Levis. I have I have Hendon Hooker one spot ahead of Will Levis in my dynasty rankings. I just think Hendon Hooker has a has a, definitely has some flaws. There's definitely some issues with Hendon Hooker. He's not a perfect prospect. He is twenty five years old, but. You know, Will Levis is almost 24. I mean, they're about a year and a couple months apart. They're not like one's young, one's old. They're both old. Hendon Hooker's just really old, um, which is a huge red flag and a problem. But he was also very prolific um, in a in a weird little system. But prolific nonetheless. He dominated Alabama. Like, he played really well in some big games on the college stage. Uh, he was also extremely successful running the football. So he has Konami code upside. He's more of the Jalen hurts player. Now, again, I don't think he's as good as Jalen hurts again, not saying that, but that, that player that can be available uh, in the second round of the NFL draft, maybe early second, late first, who might also be available in your second round of your rookie draft in a super flex that I would be smashing uh, because of potential upside. And if I'm the NFL team, look, if you're like a, a team that needs a quarterback right now and you're picking in the late first round, why not just grab yourself a Hendon Hooker? And if he if he if he flames out, great, whatever. We I mean it's not a huge investment. And if he and if he's good, you have a 25-year-old guy on a on a rookie contract for four and or five years. Pretty good building block if he ends up hitting. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's true. true. I mean, if he sucks, which is definitely possible. I mean, when I say like Hooker and Levis, what are the chances they're good? Maybe 40, 60, somewhere in there, 50, 50. Is that fair? The probability is that most of these guys are going to bust. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, So, that, you know, yes. we're talking about like 40% chance for Levis, 20% chance for Hooker. Yes. Yeah, they're just 40% maybes, you know, maybe. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, if you're picking in the back end of the first round, but, you know, if Hooker is good, I mean, here's the thing. Quarterbacks, these guys are all physically gifted. It's not like, oh, well, oh, he just didn't, his arm strength just wasn't strong enough to, like, throw it. No, they're all fucking exceptional athletes. So, it's with the quarterback position, it's whether they can process the information and deliver the ball on target and on time on third and eight. That's it. Can you fucking convert first downs, move us down the field, keep us the ball, and then get us in the end zone? Like, And it's a thin line because, of course, you're all amazing at throwing a football. If you were standing next to the worst college quarterback in the in the college and throwing a ball at them, you'd be like, dude, this guy's fucking unbelievable. They're un- They're amazing. It's whether or not they can deliver at a super high level with exceptional athletes all over the field. And that's a hard thing to do. And when you talk about Levis and Hooker and Stroud and all these guys, you're just betting on them. And 
that's it. That's all it is. It's probabilities. So whether or not these guys can overcome all that, we saw Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was one of the most talented guys of all time, flamed out for what reason? Because he was on drugs and fucking crazy Telling and doing some stupid shit. The interview shit, process, you know? the behaviorals, it's, 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 it's a factor. Right. It's a big factor. Right. Yeah. Speaking of which, you, you, uh, you've been here for a long time. I, I had some technical difficulties. I appreciate you coming on, but you probably got to get going, right? I gotta, I gotta, we gotta wrap it up for sure. Gotta wrap it up. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm here to give you hours of time. Always. Yeah, you did. You did. And here's the thing. Next week, I'm gonna be on the Mina Mansion with you. That's right. So we'll we'll pick this up. All right. We're, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get into more it. like rookie receivers. Totally. We'll, we'll basically more rookie tight ends. We we covered a lot of rookie running backs and quarterbacks today. I'll remember to to kind of zero in on the rookie receivers and tight ends for uh, you know. We had part so two. much more to talk about. So I apologize for my technical difficulties. I had a complete crash over here. Complete crash in the middle of the show. Damn it. Thank God for Michael P. Duncan. He saved this show. Thank you, Michael P. Duncan. Michael P. Thank you. Thank you, Matt Kelly, for coming on. Say say hello to the people. Just say goodbye to the people. Tell them what's up. Jax Falcone, always a pleasure. Everyone, check out playerprofiler.com. We have the new NFL draft section, and it's all free. Basically, got the draft order there. We show what picks have been forfeited and traded and all these things. And uh, we've got the mock draft index that we referenced earlier, so you can see where these guys are moving. Uh, it looks like Will Levis might be moving down. Well, uh, we got Cody's big board, and we've got the uh, the mock drafts and analysis section. Um, and you can see uh, Nolan Smith moving up on the big board. Will Anderson moving up on the big board. Lucas Van Ness moving up on the big board. So uh, yeah, and, and Cody Cody has Bryce Young uh, well below C.J. Stroud. On, mm. on the on the old big board so it's awesome i will tell you i every podcast i do i open up a few websites religiously one of them is player profiler matt you've done an outstanding job i thank you for coming on this show and with that on behalf of everybody here at the undrafted on behalf of everybody here at the undroppables on behalf of the greatest podcast producer of all time and the man who saved this show mr michael p duncan you have been joined by the great Matt Kelly. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. <laughs>